New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. Hello, I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Today I'm hosting Kathy Hawk, and she's the founding director of Get Clarity International and co-author with Gary Hawk of Get Clarity, The Lights On Guide to Manifesting Success in Life and Work. Today we'll be talking about our vocabulary and the effects of using negative language in our everyday life. Kathy, welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Hi, Justine. Good to be here. It's great to have you here. You've really studied language for a long time. It's really part of your whole way of working with people and helping us to be more successful. And I'm just reminded of the four agreements that Don Miguel Ruiz has talked about. One of those agreements is to be impeccable with our word. So why should we be impeccable with our word? Well, Justine, as you know, my coaching company has, for the last 25 years, been immersed in people's outcomes from their thoughts and words that their thoughts create, and then how they speak about their life and their work. And so very recently, it has become more and more jarring to me to hear in business conversations when people say things like, oh, we need to execute our business plan or we need to execute quickly. And the image that pops into my head when they say execute is not positive. So I've been asking our client base, and they're entrepreneurs and founders of companies, so they're capable of making change. I said, what is your intention when you say execute? And they mean, yeah, to get it to happen, to go through with it. And I said, well, how about let's try actualize instead of execute. So let's say, oh, I'm going to actualize my business plan And the image that comes up to me when they speak that way is I see their vision and their dream coming true. And that, I think, was their real intention. So we've been asking our clients all across the country to extract the word execute and insert actualize. Doesn't it feel better when you hear it? It does. You know, it's like executes like old language to me. Before, we were really conscious about the effects of language and the ripple effects that language creates. And we have a lot of millennial type, well, not just millennials, a new speech pattern that we're hearing a lot is when we've asked people, well, how's it going? What are you up to? They go, oh, we're killing it. And I'm like, wait a minute. Do you really mean you're killing it? Well, no, no, not really. I mean... I said, well, what would really describe it better? And the one that I've come up with is, well, it's wildly successful. So to me, that's a way better image than this kind of, I'm going to say, sloppy or unconscious use of, well, we're killing it. It seems like our cultural conversation and the news 
has been having a lot of warlike conflict words in it. So my wish is that people listening to this will begin to stop executing and killing and start actualizing and making things be successful. Well, we've accepted a kind of shorthand languaging, and we kind of all have these assumptions. We know what you mean. But you're saying that the words themselves really affect us energetically. Correct. That's exactly what I'm saying, because we know now that thoughts, both thoughts and words, are carried on vibrational frequencies. And so the frequency of it affects us. And so we would say that execution is a negative or low vibrational frequency, as is killing it. And yes, it does strike our bodies and can create, I'm going to say, a disharmony in our physiology. So I can think of another word that's frequently used. We'll say, here's our deadline. You know, I try to never use that word deadline. I use the word timeline. Here's our timeline. Because deadline, it's a stopper, isn't it? Yes. And, you know, I must have gotten that from you, Justine, because I stopped saying deadline a long time ago. And I always say, what's our timeline for this? And to say, when do we go live with it? So to me, going live on a timeline is very, very positive and very forward-moving. When you talk about killing it, I know that another way that you describe that, you say, knocking it out of the park. Wow, a home run. (laughs) Yes, because our words do create a mental image, and that's the power of language. And being more thoughtful or mindful about the language we're using, instead of just doing it, like you said, like a shorthand or just doing it without being thoughtful about it. So, Kathy, what about everyday language when people say, how are you? And oftentimes we'll say, I'm really exhausted. And then we say that and then we feel our exhaustion. And we may be a little bit tired and we may need more rest. So how could we describe a better way of holding that? Well, I think a good way to say that is to put an and in it. So, for example, at the moment, I'm feeling exhausted and I have a plan for or, you know, then finish it up with that so that you're not stuck with being exhausted. You're leading yourself with your language towards a different result. Because I don't think anybody wants to stay in exhaustion. I mean, we all get that way. How about, oh, I'm overwhelmed. Oh, I'm so busy. And it used to be like almost a cultural kudo that the busier you were, the you know more... The more important you are. Yeah, important. I used to say that I was really overwhelmed a lot. And now I just say, I am really busy. I'm full. My life is full. And I've chosen everything in it so that it's my choice. Right. Then you know that you are the architect of your life. And then the more we double that, in other words, by talking about it, oh, I'm exhausted, oh, I'm really exhausted, like, oh, wow, I can't believe there's so much on my plate. You've just really, really magnified it. So that's why I think it's better saying, yeah, I'm exhausted at the moment, and I've got a plan for, you know, time off or saying no to some things and really moving it in a direction that will 
create a more positive outcome. What about coming off as being Pollyanna? You know, sometimes we hesitate, Kathy, to say anything positive about ourselves. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? That it's... Uh, No, I know what you mean. And I don't think of it as Pollyanna. I think of it as leading ourselves and others with our language. When you use the and, it leaves you and the person to whom you're speaking with an alternative thought. So helping people see that you've made a choice. I guess that's the model that I like a lot is you've made a choice. Yes, truth. Here's where I am now. And I've got an alternative. So other people can take that how they will. It might make them kind of stop in their own life and look at their own life. I mean, not that you can affect another's life, but you do. It puts it out in the world in a certain way. I can think of another phrase or a couple of phrases that are really embedded in the culture. We're waging a war on drugs or waging a war on cancer. We wage war towards our health. Yeah, it's a very bellicose type language and really pretty negative. So how about if we say we're in the process of creating solutions to cancer or we're working diligently at making that situation better? To me, a better shorthand than waging war on something. This is the trick of when things get branded and then they get embedded in the culture. We need to be more creative together. Going back to politics, I'm thinking of Obama, that his whole message was hope for the future rather than instilling fear and divisiveness. He was going, we're in this together and we see a hopeful future. And so he was using all this language that was very positive and upbeat, and people were responding to it enormously. Yes, and so much has happened positively from that language. You know, your point about taking the war language out, I think is something that all your listeners, maybe they'll all shoot you a little email or a text or something and say that they thought of what might be another way to think about how we uh, wage war. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, we for sure gave them two choices. Instead of executing, they can actualize or make it come true. And instead of killing it, they can be wildly successful or knock it out of the park. Maybe we need your listeners to give us another alternative uh, language. That would be fun. Right. So people, listeners, come up with something. Send us an email and and let us know. You can send an email to me, justine at newdimensions.org, and I'll share it with Kathy. Here's another word. When we come up to different challenges and we think of them as stumbling blocks, what would you say about stumbling blocks? Well, You know, my worldview is that when we bump into things like that, that it gives us a chance to pause and take a look at a solution. So I look at it as an opportunity instead of like racing forward. I look at it as a positive stop. Stop, look, and listen, and really reimagine everything. 
So I'm thinking when you say stop, look, and listen, that goes back to our kindergarten when we're crossing the street. So here, the street can be a stumbling block, and so we're taught to stop, look, and listen. So we might just convert that to, oh, instead of a stumbling block, it's a signal. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's a red light here, so I need to stop, look, and listen. Yes, the signal. I use it like that, and I like how you spoke it. Yes. So is there anything else that you can say that might help us to language in a more positive way? I think the big overall message is to be conscious of how we're speaking, of speech patterns that have gotten to be just literally unconscious. We just say them without noticing the effects. So to be careful with our language. As you started the podcast with one of the four agreements, and I think that's a nice summary for what we've just spoken about. Well, Kathy, I want to thank you so much for joining us on the New Dimensions Cafe. And I want to remind our listeners that Kathy Hawk is the co-author with her husband, Gary Hawk, of Get Clarity, the Lights on Guide to Manifesting Success in Life and Work. And she's the founding director of Get Clarity International. And if you want to know more about her work, you can go to her website, getclarity.com, or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I thank you for joining us on the New Dimensions Cafe. I invite you to please join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a thousand hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.